And this is uh, Blow Your Mind uh, by Luis Obala. And uh, not in, in, in the literal sense. I know some of you would send messages to say, but this is a loving song. Um, it's about love. Yes, it is. Uh, we're just talking uh, in relation to this topic. It really is mind-blowing that uh, so many years later, we still talk about safety in our higher education institutions. It was uh, in 2018. Um, where 47 rape cases uh, were reported on on campus and uh, the Minister uh, of Training, Education and Training, Minister Naledi Pando, uh, called an emergency uh, meeting to just uh, put together safety measures in our institutions. And how far has that gone? Uh, We still have cases of uh, um, reports of of rape and and sexual violation at at, uh, higher education institution. And joining us right now to talk about this um, we joined by Nico Shikwambane, who is a feminist. And uh, good afternoon and welcome, Nico. Hello, Chrisada. Thank you so much for having me. We also joined by um, Kensani Hlegane, who is Education Officer at the Commission of uh, Gender Equality. Um, good afternoon and welcome, Kensani. Afternoon and afternoon to your listeners. Maybe if I can uh, start uh, with you, Kensani, and just find out that post the emergency meeting that was called by uh, the Minister of Education, uh, what has happened since? All right, we seem to be experiencing a bit of a challenge uh, with that line. Last year, 23-year-old Rhodes University student uh, Kensani Maseko took her life after being, uh, she alleged that she was uh, sexually assaulted on campus. And uh, many women have been through such incidences on campuses. Uh, I mean, how much more can students take um, in, in, in when it comes to their safety at uh, higher education institutions? And, uh, and that's what we focusing on uh, right now. Uh, let's uh, check if uh, Kentani is with us. Uh, Kentani, let's try if uh, that line is better now. Hello. Hi, hi, Kentani. So let's talk hi, about... My, I mean, my it, line is so bad, but I can hear you now. It's, it seems like it is. Let, let's just uh, try our best. Uh, last year, uh, the Minister of uh, Education and Training, Minister Naledi Pando, um, came up with a, an emergency meeting to just mitigate and find ways of mitigating uh, sexual violence in, in higher education institutions. What is in place currently? What has happened since that meeting? Uh, we, we, we have now seen an uh, institution of higher learning improving their policies, creating structures that uh, are there to, to fight uh, gender-based violence and sexual harassment. We have seen many uh, universities now uh, rolling out their educational programs that speak to sexual harassment. We have now seen also the Department of Higher Education itself roll, rolling this kind of education uh, programs through the Tibet colleges and, 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 and other universities. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of things that are happening at the moment with institutions of higher learning trying to tackle the, uh, the problem of the scourge of uh, sexual harassment and gender-based violence in, in, in universities. Nyeko, I remember a few years ago when we were at Rhodes University. I mean, I the, the pain that was expressed by young people was almost palpable. Uh, talking about lists that are being ignored um, post this meeting, do you see change? Are young people feeling more safer uh, through these conversations and programs that have been implemented? 
You know, I think there are two levels at which interventions need to happen for young women on campuses, right? At first, it's dealing with perpetrators of sexual violence in a meaningful way. And secondary, the second intervention, I think, is about dealing with the trauma that victims um, um, face, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can write policies. And I think, you know, at a government level, with all due respect to Kensani, is that at a government level or policy writing level, you know, I'm aware of some brilliant women, you know, who are leaders and who have been activists throughout their whole lives who write these policies. But at an implementation level, at at a high education level, it becomes completely difficult. I'm actually aware of a couple of cases um, in a particular institution where particularly when certain cases start to implicate uh, those who occupy senior positions, um, at universities make it difficult for, say, gender officers to do their job. Mm. And sometimes gender officers are even threatened um, with losing their job should they pursue cases that implicate those who are senior officials um, within the university institution, right? So the policies are there, right? And more and more, uh, you know, you know, uh, universities are adopting them. But of course, equally, there are new loopholes, in, you know, or even old ones, really, or mechanisms that are being used to avoid accountability and not to deal with the issues that are raised because nobody wants to be that institution in this age in 2018 with such a loud feminist movement in the country that wants, there's no institution that wants their reputation to be known as that mm. that doesn't have a proper sexual harassment policy or that that is not taking proper action. But behind the scenes, I'm aware of the bullying that, um, you know, because we know most senior officials in universities are men because universities are patriarchal institutions and most gender officers that are appointed or people that are uh, made responsible to 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 implement uh, these policies are women and their jobs are constantly being put on the line in, in, in bullying and backhanded and, and clandestine ways and women who are meant to be uh, applying and implementing these policies their jobs are threatened so it becomes just uh, you know words on paper uh, let's talk about how we we get commitment and and uh, begin to see um, people who are perpetrators of, of uh, sexual violation uh, within a higher education institution paying uh, and, and uh, being brought to book when we come back straight after this. Call Chris Zelda now, 0891-104-207. And uh, we take your calls on 0891-104-207, WhatsApp voice note on 0614 104107. We're both on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio, and you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. And uh, SMS is at 40938, charged at 150. As we talk about sexual violence at uh, higher education institution, how do we put an end to this and not just uh, continue uh, to talk and uh, have policies and programs uh, that are just on paper? And joining me uh, to unpack this as we welcome your contributions as well is Nyiko Shikwambane, who is a feminist uh, activist and also joined by Nkensani Hlekane, uh, who is an uh, education officer at the Commission of Gender Equality. Now, Nkensani, the response to, to Nyiko, that it's all good and well to have these policies and, and uh, pro, you know, awareness programs in place. If implementation means people are then threatened, their jobs are threatened, um, because the, those who are on the list as perpetrators um, are men and are in power 
How do we change this? Yeah, um, yeah that, that's true. Uh, we can change this by more um, by involving uh, the, the, the perpetrators as well, and also inv- uh, in involving the victims as well. Victims must start to demand those sexual harassment policies. They must start to, to demand those actual uh, uh, educational programs. They must be. Uh, they must know about the mechanism. The problem with with, with institutions of higher learning is that. How do they roll out all these programs to new students? How do they 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 they, they come into a point where they 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 they, they, they reach everyone? That I think that to me that is the problem. So we need the, the, something that can improve that rolling out of those programs that can reach each and every student. And we also need to strengthen our 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 laws. We also need to strengthen also our justice justice system in the country uh, and also have to deal with the issues of, of, of power relations that, that, that exist in, in, in institutions of higher learning. For example, the power relations that exist between senior students and, 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 you know, and junior students, power relations that exist between uh, uh, staff members, lecturers and, 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 and students. These need to be addressed. There, there you go. But, uh, you know, so many years later, Nyeko, uh, what's stopping students from demanding um, that these policies, uh, there's, it, it's not just on paper, uh, but there's implementation that is visible, that is meaningful? I mean, I think it's unfair to expect students to be demanding anything more than what they demanding over the first couple of years, right? It was students, basically, who have brought up the issue of free higher education in this university. And during that movement, it was students who brought up the conversation of rape through mm-hmm. the hashtag Remember Crazy protest. It was students who brought up the issue and, uh, of rape through RU reference list, through Rape Razania House, through the I am one in three campaign, and rape and sexual-based violence was brought back into the public consciousness, right? It was students that protested with out their tops when no one was listening to them, that protested bare-breasted and make themselves vulnerable in front of the whole country. I know of personal friends of mine and fellow comrades and fellow activists who are still suffering from the trauma of those experiences, and I include myself in that, mm. right? I feel like it's, it's, it's quite unfair to say we must demand these things, we must demand these things, and I feel mm. like anyone who's going to say that kind does not understand the kind of trauma that survivors of sexual violence go through, right? So I, I, I find that question, firstly, to be quite insensitive. On the other on the other end of that question, there are structures at Rhodes University as well as Vic University. They have independent uh, gender offices, right, that deal with issues of gender equality and sexual harassment, independent to, uh, you know, the structures of the school. But how the whole system has been organized is that in matters of sexual uh, harassment, sexual assault and rape are dealt with through internal policies of the university and not necessarily through the criminal justice system. And what that so when 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 the Department of Education, be- Nico, when the Department of Education says we've got the policy in place, and if you feel aggrieved uh, that these policies are not implemented, uh, call out people, mention them by name, and and you saying so- it's unfair to ask that of students. No, but we've been doing that though. Yeah, but right? remember, this is now post having policies because when when the campaign started they started from a base of not even having a policy on how to deal with these matters now that there is a policy in place way before 
um, the Department of Education caught up. So what happens then in Kensani to uh, people who are known perpetrators who continue to to move from one university to another? Are there cases, examples of cases that are known of, of, of people who have been brought to book? Kensani? We seem to be experiencing a challenge with uh, Kensani's line and uh, we'll just... Sure. I just want to say this, right, how we deal with sexual violence. I think this is important to mention that we, that, that how it is right now, the sexual harassment policies are to be dealt, uh, encourage the dealing of, of, of these acts of violence, of these acts of crimes, mm. to be dealt with within the university system, not within the formal criminal system, right? Mm. So... Yeah, so it's either punishable by suspension, for an example, if it's um, a student. And it's a criminal offense. If they're they're an employee of the university, not necessarily through the criminal justice system. So what has been happening is, just like you mentioned, there are people who are employed by the university, and when they know that a case is coming up against them through that institution, then they go to the next institution, right? Because now the the, the the next institute because now the university does no longer have a jurisdiction over that person if they're working for another institution that has its own policies, right? And then the whole process starts again. You know, there was a case recently at Forte University where that person had come from a previous university, had offended, um, sexually offended uh, staff workers and um, staff members and students, and then moved to one university, did the same thing, and when the cases were being brought up against him again, he left that university to another mm. one. And, and he doesn't have a criminal record that exists in the criminal justice system against him. Which is tragic because we send you as, as young people to be educated and not to be dealing with uh, issues of uh, social ills. Uh, and, and it would be interesting to hear from the department where the list is at. And because uh, almost all universities have identified um, perpetrators of, of sexual violence um, and, and named them by name and nothing seems to be happening to them. Uh, and I'm hoping that uh, we'll get a response from Kensani um, before we end this conversation and uh, inviting you to connect with us. Oh, Nine one one zero four two zero seven WhatsApp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven and uh, you can also connect via at SAFM Radio both on Twitter and Facebook and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Line. Uh, here's uh, the news headlines with uh, Jolani Tulo at SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. All right, uh, we're talking the uh, challenge and issue of uh, sexual violence at uh, higher education institutions and uh, just uh, trying to find ways of ending this and uh, that it ends. It's not just about, uh, you know, policies on paper um, and and, uh, programs of creating awareness and campaigns. We've seen campaigns from Me Too um, movement to end rape culture to hashtag men are trash and the list goes on and on and uh, holding. Uh, on the line is Nyiko Shikwambane, who's a feminist and an activist. And we also have uh, Kensani Lekani, uh, uh, who is uh, education officer at the Commission of uh, Gender Equality. Uh, Kensani, the question I, I asked you is, uh, uh, what will it take 
uh, for us to begin to see visibly uh, some of the perpetrators of sexual violence who are on lists at different campuses are being brought to book and and that they they get banned you don't move from one institution uh, to another and as mentioned by Nico that uh, you know the current policies um, look at the university look to the university to implement when is it going to be regarded as a criminal offense I, I think Christel, um, it, it's time now we, we, we name them it's time now we, we, we report them and I think it's also time now the institutions that have to act uh, that have to make sure that those people are brought to book. I think it's, it's time now for them to to act. We cannot tolerate to have such kind of behavior uh, uh, going on and on and on as a country and not do anything. Uh, I think it's now time again for uh, institutions of higher learning to have uh, something that or mechanism that can uh, something that can blacklist uh, a, a system that can blacklist those, 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 those people. I think it's time that. People must act. But who who's supposed to do the action? Um, universities themselves, and yeah. and 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 the Department of Higher Education, and other and other role players that we we, we know, the other role players like the Gender Commission, who can motivate, who can who can who can you know who can make sure that these systems are put in place because we cannot continue, we cannot tolerate, we cannot continue to have such kind of people uh, moving from, from one place to another and we are not doing anything about them. And one of the issues you raised, Nico, very important, is, is psychosocial support, that it's all good and well for university uh, to have these policies and uh, awareness campaigns. Um, but emotionally, uh, what should be in place uh, for, for victims of, of sexual violence to feel that, you know, these institutions actually care? You know, yes, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation that's been had around counseling um, for students, right? But I also think that there needs to be a level of academic kind of uh, pardoning, right? Because it becomes very difficult for one to continue schooling, for example. Because the traumatic effects of sexual harassment, for an example, or rape, depending on a case-by-case basis, can have very serious mental, um, you know, effects on a student. I, for one, for an example, and I'm speaking as a, as a case in point, began my master's uh, writing on the emergence of the anti-rape protest across various universities, right? And what that work has done to me as a survivor, right, is that one continuously, you know, it becomes quite academically challenging even, like, to to actually produce knowledge Mm. while watching a country in a complete state um, of of what I call an emergency, right? Mm. It has become quite a challenge for me to watch this moment begin, right, um, from the 2016... Okay, I'm not sure whether that's battery, um, but uh, that that's uh, quite tragic because I would have loved uh, to find out even from Nico that um, in post her um, uh, connecting to even sharing about her ordeal. 
uh, does she feel like um, you know there there has been uh, some justice served uh, recourse uh, for her pain and I'm glad that uh, you know she used her pain uh, to to advocate uh, for for better uh, um, environment uh, for victims of uh, sexual violence within her education institution. Kensani, uh, do you know of uh, perhaps some of the interventions, social psycho, uh, social interventions that are in place? And obviously, hopefully, you will partner with other departments because that's not uh, the institution's core business. Uh, thank you so much. I know uh, some universities have got uh, these uh, interventions in place. The University of Virginia University, I think they have got such interventions in place, the psychosocial uh, 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 services that they provide within the universities. And I know there are other role players who are providing such services from outside the university. We also have such facilities at the University of Limpopo where, the, where such services are offered uh, off campus. Uh, I, I know there are such uh, 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 mechanisms that are, are put in place by different universities to, to to deal with uh, with that. All right, so let's uh, read some of your SMSs. Alex Motamayin Mokopane says, um, Hi, SAFM uh, listeners, the last standing solution uh, must be uh, to have girls-only universities and colleges and boys-only, also banning uh, bars uh, from from uh, these institutions. And that's a solution from Alex. And, well, Cape Town is advocating that there must be alcohol uh, accessible within universities. Uh, sometimes it feels like, you know, we take a steps, uh, 10 steps forward and a thousand backwards. Uh, Hancho says, uh, when women want power in the world ruled by men, uh, they become amenable. And uh, when they are wary, uh, it is sexual violence. Oh, wow. All right. As I, I, I guess uh, we're going to have to find um, a, a way of just uh, finding solutions. Uh, let's go to Tembelihe in Hatfield, 0891-104207. Good afternoon, Tembelihe. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to, to, to say that remember that we all go to university to, to get education and it's unfair that on top of that, we have to suffer through sexual harassment. Mm. And the fact that universities, some universities protect their image so, so, so much that when you try to record this, they'll tell you what their internal processes. Mm. And the, the, the case in jail ends up in the A. And when now you continue seeing your, 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 your thing, that person who abused you in class, that person who, who abused you walking, walking around campus like nothing happened. And we've seen that... Um, they exclude you for fees. They exclude you for, for, for failing, for plagiarism. But for sexual harassment, nothing really is happening. Mm. So it, it, it raises the question, what, what, what's their priority? We also, we also people, I'm not only talking about women. There are also men, um, queer men, queer women also. Yeah, mm. I'm not only talking about women there. We're also talking about the gay community that's also sexually harassed. And they can't say anything. So we, I'm asking the question, Wuti. What's their priority? Is we also paying we're paying the same fees, we're paying the same same prices, but our our the perpetrators are walking around free. Do you feel safe, Tembelise? No, no. And which which institution do you attend? Um, I cannot say. Okay. I cannot say. <laughs> I cannot say.
cannot say. But it's nothing you would you see the perpetrator walking around and everyone would be pointing with that guy harassed two, three um ladies. That guy was mm-hmm. someone else's roommate and this to them. And this is a person who is known. Uh, people point fingers because they know uh, that this is yes. what this individual has done. Yeah, and nothing's been done to them. Even if you go to the police station, which is very close to campus, if I may say, and they come to you and tell you, why would you do this? Why not talk to your, 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 the people? There, there's, a, there's a department that's specifically for that. Right. Why didn't you go there to seek for help? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for, for sharing. I guess uh, we, we conclude with Nico. Nico, you're very close um, to students and thank you for using your pain uh, to actually change the situation and not giving up on, on education because you could have easily been uh, depressed and just focus on your, on your pain and not care about what happens to other students. Uh, what should give um, for for especially uh, you know LGBTI communities and and young women to feel safe at higher ed- education institutions. What advice would I give? Is that the question, sorry, Christina? What needs to give within the, the higher education institutions? How when when what you happens? Know, you would say I, I feel safe. I feel like we're having this conversation. I, you know, in a microcosm of university, you know, when we both know that the issue is an, a national one, right? That it exists both inside and outside of the university. So when we speak about microcosm of this issue, um, we need to understand that it is about the misuse of power, right? This exists because of the misuse of power. This is also just to respond to some of the, the, the comments that you got um, from listeners who said that, you know, we should have a separate girls' university and a separate boys' university or something, which I completely disagree with, you know, um, because this is basically about the abuse or misuse of power from someone who is in, is in a position to help you pass your, 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 your degree from someone who has, you know, the, the, you know, who's in a position of power somehow over your life or over something that you are interested in, be it a peer or someone who's senior to you. And this can happen inside or outside of the university. Mm. What I All think right. we should do as women... Unfortunately, and as time, LGBTI unfortunately time is, is completely out. I would have loved for you to just uh, respond to that particular question, but it's okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for having joined us. and.